Welcome to the Brain People Podcast, a show where four mental health experts team up to bring you practical tools for overcoming mental health challenges. The Brain People don't replace your doctor or therapist, but we will give you some extra tools to help you on your journey. So join us as we fight mental illness, one episode at a time. Welcome to the Brain People Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Daniel Bynes, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dr. Katie Elson. And today we're going to be talking about summer mental health optimization. So this is something that maybe is a surprise to our listeners because Mm -hmm. most of us think of summer is a fun time. There's a lot of things going on, a lot of good things to do. And so we think, oh yeah, people's mental health in the summer must be great. But the reality is that the rates of psychiatric hospitalization actually increase in the summer and there is more violence. There are higher rates of irritability and anger. And especially in young people, During heat waves, there are increased uh, risks for behavioral disturbance and substance abuse and uh, overall worsening of their mental health. So we're going to be diving into some of the reasons for that and how we can maintain our mental health in the summer. So, Dr. Katie, could you share with us a little bit some of the contributing factors when it comes to potentially our mental health worsening in the summer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So I think the the first one that we can cover is just heat, right? Um, I think about my clients who start talking about, oh, you know, when it gets really hot, I start getting really irritable. And for many different factors, the temperature itself, sometimes it worsens their chronic pain or the other conditions. Um, but we see a link between heat, anxiety, heat and anger, and also heat and violence. Yeah. And I've seen that too. And there's even been times in my own life where I get too hot and I'm just like, oh, this is irritating. It's annoying. Mm -hmm. And that can be really a bad thing for our mental health. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's also related to um, other things too, right? With the heat comes dehydration. And we know the impact of our brain doesn't function well when it's dehydrated, especially if 80% of it being water, right? It needs water to function well. So we start seeing different factors about the summertime, like heat, that then impacts dehydration and so forth. Absolutely. And one other thing as a psychiatrist that I've noticed is, you know, there are a lot of people in the United States that are on antipsychotic medications. And of Mm -hmm. course, um, many of those, it's for schizophrenia, but a lot of people, uh, even beyond schizophrenia, like for depression and bipolar, there's close to 7 million people in the United States on antipsychotic medications. And research shows that people are actually more sensitive to heat when they are on those medications. And so that's mm-hmm. something for individuals to be aware of as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember in grad school, um, we were talking, it was in a research class, and we were talking about correlations. And they're like, there's a correlation between ice cream sales and and murder, like, and they were basically drawing the point that you can't uh, have causation by mm-hmm. correlation. But it was, the correlating factor was the heat and summertime and mm. summertime and mental health and so forth. And so you can see kind of how the heat can really impact our mood, which then can contribute to other things, whether irritability or even violence and so forth. Absolutely. And what's interesting, too, you mentioned the dehydration piece. And, you know, a lot of people feel 
of course, thirstier in the summer. They're going to tend to drink more, but sometimes they're drinking the wrong things, mm-hmm. right? True. Can can you touch on that a little bit? Well, I mean, a lot of it's caffeinated beverages for one, and caffeine actually dehydrates you. And so they might be drinking a lot of liquids. I know for a lot of my clients, it's iced tea, right? Right. Oh, it's, it feels refreshing, but there's an element to it that's actually dehydrating you more than it is actually hydrating you. Um, and so, or a lot of sugary drinks as well, uh, especially if you're on vacation, right? You're drinking certain things, you're having this carefree spirit, but um, the sugar has a spike and then actually brings you worse down than where you started. So it can really have a fluctuation in your mood. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's amazing some of the studies that are actually out there on sugar and mental health. Mm-hmm. And like you said, there is that tendency, like if we're on vacation or something, to, oh, I'll just indulge mm-hmm. and have those sugary drinks or those more caffeinated beverages. And that really can affect mental health. I know uh, some of the research actually shows uh, that sugar can definitely amplify depressive symptoms, mm-hmm. anxiety symptoms, and even psychotic symptoms. And so it's it's pretty clear that that could be a big contributor for a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. And like you mentioned, you know, the caffeine piece, it's like a lot of us are like, oh, yeah, I'll drink, you know, I'm drinking my beverages and we might even be peeing clear. So we're like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm well hydrated. Mm -hmm. But with caffeine, like you said, it actually can contribute to more dehydration. And even though you're like, yeah, I'm drinking fluids in the process, you could actually be losing Mm -hmm. liquid as well. And it's not just caffeine. Another big dehydrator, which is very common in the summer is alcohol, Mm -hmm. too. Definitely. And, you know, I've seen a lot of uh, individuals in the emergency room and otherwise where they will get very dehydrated from drinking beer all day in the summer. It's cool. Mm-hmm. They feel like it's refreshing. And mm-hmm. but it's not, you know, mm-hmm. it's actually really harming them and they can people can literally die sometimes. But certainly it can wreck someone's mental health. <laughs> yeah. And just that factor alone can contribute to multiple things. Right. So alcohol is higher in sugar as well then alcohol deactivating the frontal lobe, then leading to poor decisions. And you might be having that carefree spirit, but then you're basically playing cleanup and different things. Oh, I went to this party or this event and relationships can be disrupted based off of things that I said during, like I, as clients, I have people coming in and be like, oh yeah, during the summer, you know, I'm doing this under the influence. And then it results in other things that impact them for months after, um, if not, even years. Absolutely. Yeah. Those decisions that people make while they're under the influence, even one or two drinks can affect Mm -hmm. the frontal lobe, which is the logical decision-making part of our brain. Right. Mm -hmm. And that can make us make decisions that we later regret. And certainly um, I think it goes without saying summer. And of course, as well as over the holidays, people do tend to have more parties, uh, Mm -hmm. more drinking, et cetera. So um, obviously that's something to take Mm -hmm. note of for people and just to go quickly back to caffeine um, especially for adolescents um, they're drinking so much caffeine that often the caffeine also mimics and contributes to anxiety symptoms Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. a lot of kids are during the summer months are like i'm feeling more anxious and it's really just the effects of caffeine and then that interrupts their sleep patterns and then other things as well yeah yeah so speaking of why don't we hit on some other factors that could be playing a role in poor mental health in the summer. Yeah. So I just mentioned sleep, right? So whether it's affected by caffeine, but probably the the number one factor is 
during summer months, especially for younger people or people who don't work, we just throw out our schedules, right? Right out the window. I remember college, I'd be like, oh, it's summertime. I could stay up late, sleep in. And our bodies are run on clocks. And so it's important for our mental health to maintain that sense of structure and rhythm and schedules in our lives. Absolutely. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, I was looking at some of the research related to circadian rhythm disturbance recently, which, you know, circadian rhythm that is basically uh, describes our natural body's um, state, our our body's clock. Mm -hmm. And when it's thrown off, when we're staying up too late and sleeping in, um, that really can cause all sorts of both mental and physical uh, health Mm -hmm. problems. Uh, They've done studies, for example, on uh, shift workers where uh, people are working at night and then trying to sleep during the day. And, and they found that you know, there's an increased rate of mood disorders mm-hmm. and also even uh, anxiety oftentimes. And then beyond that, there's a lot of physical health issues mm-hmm. uh, that can take place as, as far as uh, increased risk of diabetes and mm-hmm. obesity and even in inflammatory disorders, mm-hmm. including asthma. And so it's so important for us not to just sleep enough hours because mm-hmm. I think at least when I was younger and before I really studied into mm-hmm. mental health, I was like, well, I just need to sleep enough hours. It doesn't really matter yeah. what time, right? Mm-hmm. Same. <laughs> <laughs> and But the research actually shows otherwise. Mm-hmm. And not just the amount of hours, but um, I think sometimes also we have this mentality that I can catch up with my sleep. But once you've lost sleep, you can't catch up, right? So, oh, well, you know, last night I slept five hours and then tomorrow I sleep 12 hours. Mm-hmm. That's not the way that sleep works. And so it's important for us to have that structure of every single day getting enough sleep, both in quantity and quality. Absolutely. And uh, any comments on around, you know, what time we should try to go to bed when we're thinking about that whole circadian rhythm thing? Yeah. So the earlier, the better, right? They say early to bed, uh, early to rise. Um, And we can see that as you shift it earlier, um, even as early as nine o'clock, which some of my clients hear that and like, what? That's so early. Um, and so I just encourage people to to start kind of slowly pulling back, right? If they go to bed at 2 a.m. In college, I used to go to bed at 2 a.m. And when I learned about these things, I slowly 1 a.m., 11, 11 p.m. and so forth. Um, but you can just start sensing the closer, the earlier it is, the better. Wow. Katie, I would have never thought. <laughs> yes, yes. Night Owl at Heart days. has been <laughs> reformed and now <laughs> yeah. an early bird. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. So uh, any other things that you think might be contributing factors? Yeah. So um, going back a little bit to more of that, that sense of schedule. So just even thinking about kids um, and adolescents, it's a time where they're not in school. And so being intentional about setting that that schedule or that structure, whether it's some adolescents, you have a summer job or summer camp or other things. So that schedule is really important um, as a family as well. Yeah. I remember uh, one summer when I was uh, an early teenager and uh, of course, you know, we got, we got out of uh, school and had just days on end where we weren't really supervised very closely. I mean, we were old enough that we didn't need close supervision, but we didn't have anything really to do. Mm-hmm. And I remember spending most of that summer playing um, Nintendo at the time. It was, mm-hmm. I think, like Nintendo 64 or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember. But anyway, it was like 
felt kind of enjoyable while we're doing it. Mm -hmm. But I remember just not having that structure and just being like immersed in like video games all summer. I felt terrible. I was Mm -hmm. like, and I I remember even at that age thinking like, why do I feel so bad? (laughs) You know? And, and now I start to realize like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I didn't have that structure. Plus of course, you know, being immersed in video games is probably not the best yeah. way to spend a summer, right? <laughs> and being indoors. So we start seeing some of these factors start kind of combining, right? So with the heat, sometimes we just want to stay indoors. And then with the lack of structure, then we might have more screen time. And that's another one, right? Screen time itself. But yeah, it's a horrible combination sometimes during summer to have all these things start adding up. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, in my studies on the effect of screen time in in kids it's just amazing how that can really contribute to the anxiety and depressive mm-hmm. symptoms that we often see escalate in the summer plus uh even concentration difficulties mm-hmm. and here you know they've worked hard during the school year to learn things and mm-hmm. whatnot and then they it's almost like they're undoing yeah very true. <laughs> things in the summertime mm-hmm. and you see that these days it's really created in a way to lead to higher screen time. So you're watching an episode on Netflix and what happens at the end of an episode, it just naturally rose, uh, goes into the next one Mm -hmm. and the next one and the next one. And so the binge watching of Netflix or the doom scrolling on Facebook or Instagram, it's very easy to fall into the trap if you don't have that structure. Yeah. If you don't have a reason to wrap it up and move on to the Mm -hmm. next thing, right? It's just like (laughs) keeps you sucked in. Mm -hmm. So anything else that you think could be contributing? Yeah. So some of the things that might be more kind of psychological stress, we've talked a lot about like um, environmental stress or other things going on, but psychologically, um, financial stress, a lot of times we have the societal pressure to do vacations, especially people talk, comment on, oh, I see so-and-so on vacation, or I'm looking on Facebook and it's depressing to see that families are doing X, Y, Z. And so families start having that pressure to have these really expensive vacations or summer programs or whatever it may be. And so finances can often be a huge stressor. Um, either during summer or even right after summer as you start looking at preparing for the new school year. Yeah, that that really makes a lot of sense. And uh, we can start seeing how that can put additional stress not only on the the kids over the summer, but also the parents, the providers. and, And I could even see how, you know, some parents might feel this pressure to have to work extra to make up. And then, you know, yeah, sure. They might have a great vacation for a week or two, but then what about all the other time where they're working more and they're feeling extra stressed and uh, they're actually around the the children less. And so the children have even less supervision, less Mm -hmm. time with their parents. And so I can see how it could start to become a vicious cycle. Yeah, definitely. So anything else that you think could be a factor? (laughs) Yeah. So another kind of psychological stress would be um, a lot of people have body image concerns. You can you see some memes or other things leading up to summertime of like getting ready for my summer bod. Right. Uh, And people make light of it. But it's it's a meme because it's a universal experience. People are concerned. Right. They have maybe packed on some extra weight during the winter. Um, But then it becomes this obsession at times for people needed to look a certain way, need to feel a certain way. And so it can lead to 
um, either just the complete giving up of, well, what's the point? And then resorting, it's like all or nothing thinking. Or other people go into it all like the perfectionistic type mentality. And then they over-exercise. They can even, it can contribute to anorexia or other eating disorder concerns. Mm. And they take it to an extreme. And so summertime is like this extra pressure for body image concerns. Yeah. Wow. So as we're kind of unpacking this, uh, it's starting to become more and more clear to me. It, mm-hmm. It's like, okay, wow. Yeah. Summer is not necessarily a safe haven for, for mm-hmm. mental health. Mm-hmm. And here's why. And so these are all factors that I think is really important for all of us to keep in mind. And uh, I'd love to hear from you. What do you think are some ways that we can really mitigate uh, these things? And certainly we've touched on some of those, but mm-hmm. maybe we can dive into a little bit more. Are there some s- specific things? things or uh, ways that we can set set the stage for success when it comes Mm -hmm. to our summer mental health? Yeah. So I think um, one of the things that we see is like, if we were to do biggest bang for your buck structure, Mm -hmm. that's probably the first thing, because that'll help with maintaining exercise, sleeping habits, eating habits. That's another thing we didn't touch on fully, but just structure. Um, So I don't know if you want to touch on that a little bit more, but I mean, I can. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, as we've mentioned, because so many of these things are related to structure, then just setting up a structure for your family. Like, what what is it going to look like? Let's think about the summer months. Okay, this sibling has this summer camp to go to. This, you know, and coming together as a family and really, you know, just laying it out. Now, if you're single too, we talked a lot about families, but if you're single, you could do that for yourself. What are the things I want to accomplish during the next couple of months? What are the events I want to go to? What are the things that I want to do just on my own? Um, what's the sleep schedule that I want? Maybe it's slightly different from my typical schedule, but still having a sense of structure. Yeah, I really like that. And I think it's hugely important. And I know even on my days off or when I take vacation, it's nice to have a plan and Mm -hmm. it's nice to get some things accomplished. And I know for myself, even if I'm on vacation, I kind of want to like get some things accomplished so that Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I can feel like, Hey, I I did something today. It Mm -hmm. wasn't just like, um, totally sitting around, laying around. Cause then it's like, you look back at the day and you're like, what was the purpose of Mm -hmm. today? Okay, sure. I rested, but, and it's not bad to have some downtime days, but if we do that day in, day out, Mm -hmm. we start feeling like what purpose does my life have? Right. Yeah. Which speaks on us as human beings, we like a balance between pleasure and work. Yeah. And whenever that's out of balance, that's when it contributes like overwork, right? And then over like too much pleasure. And even in vacation, we sadly, as a society, have this work, 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 you're burnt out and then vacation time. And then you need a vacation from your vacation. But instead, right, how do we start finding more balance throughout the year, but also during vacation time, having times where we're accomplishing things, um, doing things, doing things as a family, but then also having some downtime. Because I know some families overpack their vacations and they're doing, 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 and it's exhausting. So finding a balance even in the structure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and I really like what you're saying, like making sure whether it's in our day-to-day work or, or whether it's in vacation that we're doing some like pleasure and some kind of like recharging and refueling, but then also some opportunity to to give in a way and to do and to, to work. And again, I think that gives a lot of purpose. I've noticed um, both for myself and my clients that, you know, when we 
have a sense like we're making a difference in someone mm-hmm. else's life um, on one way or another. And, you know, just it, it could be as simple like, hey, I'm going to call somebody that I know could use some extra support or something like that. That I think does a lot. And mm-hmm. and and I'm thinking about like, especially for like kids when they're off for the summer, it's like, well, what is their purpose? How they, how can they still mm-hmm. contribute yeah. even during their downtime? So yeah, week? I love that. Basically, like live a values congruent life, right? Take a step back from summer, right? And just think about how do I want to intentionally live out the summer? Because I think sometimes we just go along with the flow. Okay, society has taught us that we need to take a vacation. We need to go to a pretty place. We need to do X, Y, Z. But how do I want to spend my summer, right? Do I want to make a difference? Like when you're mentioning playing video games, you know, all summer long, you're kind of like just doing it because that was what you're to do. But what do I want to do? How do I plan this time in a way that I want to? Not because other people are telling me that I should have a Memorial Day weekend get together or so-and-so is telling me that, you know, my kids have to go to summer camp. If you want to spend extra time with your kids, like be intentional about that. If you say, you know, uh, we want to plan a vacation, then then plan it. Plan it the way that you want to. Um, because if you live it in a way that's congruent to your values, then that's where it's actually satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. Where you have that sense of fulfillment. And mm-hmm. I'm even thinking about um, some, some families um, in this, you know, can work for some, maybe not for others, but uh, some have, have actually used their vacation time to even do like mission trips, mm-hmm. you know, where they're, they'll actually go to a really cool place. It might be to Central America or to Africa or um, who knows where. And they're, they're involved in some sort of like building project uh, where they're like working together as, as a family and with a team, like maybe they're building a school or something like that. Mm-hmm. And and then they might tack on a few days of just like mm. relaxation and fun on an island and snorkeling and all that. And I think those sorts of experiences can be really a lot of fun, but valuable at the same mm. time, because it's kind of showing our kids and, you know, our families and even ourselves like, wow, you know, we have a lot uh, in our culture that, you know, other people don't have as far mm. as a lot of uh, benefits and whatnot. And um and it can be a lot of fun and it can even be rejuvenating when we're like out there serving and, mm-hmm. and doing things for others while at the same time, yes, we need to maintain that balance and that mm-hmm. time for recharge. Mm-hmm. When you were mentioning kind of cultures, I realized we're talking a lot from American culture of like, we even have a summertime. That's Some true. people may be listening, may not have an opportunity to have a vacation. Um, but still these principles can still apply of how am I still getting good sunlight and exercise and sleep and so forth um, throughout my year, right? These are not just things to be extra intentional during the summer, but throughout the year. Absolutely. And they're just things that from time to time can start slipping through the cracks. And so it's Mm -hmm. important to be like, okay, let me make sure that I'm maintaining those things. Because if we we start getting off, then that's where our mental health Mm -hmm. can start to Mm -hmm. suffer. So you mentioned definitely maintaining um, this, the structure during the summer is super important. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we talked about the circadian rhythm aspect of early to bed, early to rise. And then we talked about finding meaning, um, you know, in, in our activities and that they're value congruent. Any other things that you think are important when we think about mitigating the uh, potential pitfalls of mental health problems in the summer? Mm-hmm. 
I, I would say one thing that's common both during the winter and summer month that can contribute to mental health difficulties is the isolation, right? So any extremes in weather, often people are like, oh, I just want to stay indoors. And it, I understand that, right? When it's really, really hot, especially if you have other conditions that make it harder to be out, um, you want to just stay home and comfortable, controlled environment. Um, but what that often leads to is the isolation that then makes us feel lonely, that makes us feel disconnected from people, the same way people experience that during COVID and the quarantines. And so how can I be intentional about socializing? Maybe I might start a morning walk with my neighbor, right? Because before the heat comes, we're going to you know, beat the heat by walking in the morning or how do I maybe go to another indoor location, um, but get together at church or to a local community center, but being intentional about socializing and connecting? Yeah, I really like that. And I think those are two really important points. Like you said, the social connection is important. And then I love how you brought in the idea of like, okay, even if we don't want to go outside because it's so hot, there are usually times of the day in most areas, like if it's ideally, you know, maybe early in the morning Mm -hmm. before it gets too hot where we can go outside and whether it's, you know, connecting with um, another person and walking or even just spending that time outside ourselves and maybe connecting with God and Mm -hmm. spending some time in prayer. Mm -hmm. uh, Those are wonderful uh, things that we can do to maintain our mental Mm -hmm. health. And what I love about this episode is like maybe you're not the person that's struggling with your mental health. Maybe you're the person that can reach out to the person that's struggling. Because if we have the mentality, oh, it's just during the winter that people struggle, then the person that's staying at home and they decline your offer to hang out or you might be like, oh, it's fine. They're fine. You're not it's not even going to cross your mind that they might be struggling with depression or anxiety or something else. And so be the person that's intentionally reaching out or planning things, considering the heat and other factors we discussed to make it easier for other people, because it could there could be an added element of shame of like, oh, maybe I can understand why I'm depressed during winter, but how could I be depressed during summer? There's something really wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And so normalizing this as well as being the person to reach out is really important. Absolutely. Yeah. And that goes along with what we were talking about early in, in finding that fulfillment uh, mm-hmm. ourselves and being able to serve and help help others. So anything else that you would mention in, in, in closing as far as uh, mitigating mental health issues in the summer? I just say that summer is a great time. Winter is a great time. Springtime is a great time. <laughs> fall time. All the time. If we're intentional about living life with the beauty of the differences of the season. So summer has some different things to offer and how am I going to make the most of it during the summertime? Well, thank you, Dr. Katie. I really appreciate it. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. And I want to encourage you all to remember some of the most key important factors for maintaining your mental health in the summer is yes, watch out for the heat, stay well hydrated. But even though you want to mitigate any problems with the the heat, you also want to spend some time outdoors. You you don't want to just become a recluse. You want to stay connected. You want to have structure in your day. You want to find um, value in what you're doing, living your life, making the choices that you're going to make to be congruent with your values so that you find that fulfillment, that meaning, that purpose. And you want to make sure that you maintain a good circadian rhythm uh, through the summer. And uh, so 
This is uh, from all of us at Beautiful Minds. We want you to stay cool <laughs> over the summer, <laughs> as we used to always say in our, our in our yearbook sign sign offs. And uh, thank you for being with us today. So, if you only take one thing away from today's show, remember this: if mental illness is a whole person problem, then it must have a whole person solution. I'm Dr. Daniel Binus. I'm Dr. Katie Elson, and you've been listening to the, the Brain, Brain People, People Podcast. Podcast. Thanks for listening. To hear more episodes, find us on social media, or support us financially, visit thebrainpeoplepodcast.com. 